Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samachain Maseches Ksubos. We have an agenda today, Andrew. We're going to try to finish the parak if we can. Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, that would be a nice Hajjan Allah. Uh, no time to waste, but I do want to point out um, our friends in Dublin and in uh, Brussels and in Barcelona need to know that I'm uh, going on a mission, God willing, important mission, and so uh, we'll be, we will be resuming Bezat Hashem Wednesday of next week, so don't give up on us, guys. Um, gives you a little time, our friends in Barcelona, to go into Las Tarambulas over there and uh, spend a little time, but then definitely come back Wednesday, Bezrat Hashem. Okay. We had a Mishnah. I think we're gonna, you're going to love this. We're going to go backwards in order to go forwards because in our Mishnah, we talked about the um, sort of stipend that a wife gets, the minimum stipend, mind you, as we pointed out, um, when the husband is not of great means, if he's of great means, he has to provide for his wife, obviously, a standard of living that he's accustomed to. And even if they're kind of parallel playing and they're having a marriage of convenience, I don't know what you would call it, Andrew, where the wife and the husband aren't really living together most of the week, the uh, wife needs to be on the same level of right standard of living as the husband, and the husband's responsibility is to do that. However... If, there's, if the husband is kind of uh, making do and is essentially destitute, he still has to adhere to a minimum amount of support that he has to give her. And that minimum amount of support is out, what is outlined by our Mishnah. And it has to do with the amount of food. The cupboard has to have the wheat and the fruit and uh, the oil. And we will discuss today, Bezat Hashem, why doesn't it mention wine? Is, does he have to get her wine as well? We will talk about that. God willing, and of course, room and board and clothing are all mentioned in our Mishnah. So the topic where our Gemara picked up was a detail of measurements. We're not going to, we want to finish the parak. we're not going to back down with the arithmetic. It's really not the arithmetic that's hard. The arithmetic is simple arithmetic here. It's that all the terms, uh, this is neither the metric system nor the American system. This is like Kav and Saw and Kav and all these other uh, sort of measurements that you may not be as familiar with and how do they fit with each other with uh, the volume of egg volumes, right, as, as and the like. Now, where it starts is because we said that we have to give her uh, enough food, right? The husband has to leave for this wife enough food to have two meals per day. And if you do the math, again, it's not difficult math, but two meals per day on a seven-day week comes out to 14 meals. Okay, see that? Now, that, the Mishnah said in the first line, was that it's shnei kabin chitin. Two calves of wheat should last 14 meals. So that's what the Gemara wants to say, and we'll just pick up from the beginning of the Gemara on, in the middle of Samach Dalim Beis, it says, Mani Mas Nisin. Well, who is, who is the guy who says that the two calves are 14 meals? Now, again, it would be easy if everything was like more standardized, let's say by the metric system, as they use it in Israel these days, but... Um, here we have to figure out who holds what, and it harkens us back to when we learned Erevin, Andrew. Because when we learned Erevin, we said that there's a minimum amount, specifically with regards to, on pay base, with regards to an Erev Tachumin, you lay down a certain amount of uh, food, enough for two meals, as we'll see, enough for the meals of Shabbos, I should say. Um, and it is a little bit of a legal fiction, because what you're essentially doing is kind of 
fictitiously establishing a residence in this place. And the meal, as you might recall, has to be accessible. Can't be in a tree because you can't climb the tree on Shabbos. Perhaps it could. Perhaps you can't. These were the topics. Can it be in a cemetery where you're going to be a Kabbal Tumah? You might recall those, those uh, sugyas from Erevin. Be that as it may, what we're zeroing in here is the measurement of these two of these meals for Shabbos and whether it corresponds, how it corresponds to this two kavin mentioned in the Mishnah. So let's just read it inside real quick. Mani Masnis inside for the Gemara. Who is opinion is in our Mishnah? Lower Rabbi Yochanan and Brokov, Lower Rabbi Shimon. Why? It's not, because we see in the Mishnah Erevin, what's the measure of this Erev Tchumin? Okay, so now it's going to be two meals. Now, we said two meals is per day, it's going to be 14 meals, it's going to be for a, for two calves. Let's see. So, two sudas to echad vechad, mazon or lechol v'lo l'shabbos to v'remeir. V'remeir says it has to be two meals for a weekday. Rebuda meir l'shabbos v'lo l'chol. Rebuda says it has to be for Shabbos, not l'chol, but the Mishnah in Erevin goes on to say, v'zev v'zev mitkavin l'hakil. In other words, Rebuda wants, to, they're both trying to say that the minimum, that, that you could bring a more minimal amount in order to have this air of Tchumen. And the reason they're saying that you have to bring this minimal amount is because uh, they don't expect you, welcome back, good morning, and they don't expect you to have a full, full meals. And so sometimes on Shabbos, because you're supplementing with a lot of other foods, you don't need to have the full complement of, uh, of the... Uh, of the bread, that's the point. That's what it means when it says means kavan and hakel. Be that as it may, This is where we started, and that's where we left off yesterday, David. So we are just uh, four lines into the Gemara on Samachdaladam and Bez. Okay? So we're we're discussing the measurement, right? Now it is Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Meir gave subjective measurements, like how much would a person eat right on Shabbos. It's Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca who gives a measurement that's objective, right? Like a measurement here. And again, we're using terms that are not metric system. We don't know what these terms are. Pundoyon, arba sa'in la So this, you have to understand how many eggs this all comes out to. So you have to know that four saws is 24 cubs. And they sell for a sela, which is 48 pundayons, which means that pundayon, two pundayons buy a kav. And one pundayon is a half a kav. So what's, what's the idea? A kav is 24 eggs, okay? 24 beitzim. So what's going on? Rabbi Yochanan and Broca is talking, is saying, what's the measurement for the two meals? Because as we said, everyone's agreeing that, that the air of Tchum has to be made out of two meals. So it's a loaf that's brought with a pundayon. Okay? So that is determined by the price of wheat. So what factors in also is the fluctuating part of meat, well, price of wheat. So it sounds like, according to Yochanan Broca, that a half a kav, which is 12 beitzim, contains the two meals. Okay, so if a half a kav, which is 12 beitzim, has the two meals, so that is complicated because because we just said, what? Again, if a half a kav is two meals, then Two kavin, which is mentioned in our Mishnah, so it should be eight meals. Wait a minute, that's not enough. Don't we need 14 meals? So that's the discussion that we're talking about here, David. How are we going to reconcile the fact that our Mishnah says that two kavin should be enough for a week when it only amounts to eight meals? Okay, that's, that's the question. Now, that is Rabbi Yochanan Broca. 
Meanwhile, Rishim Omer Shtei Yadot Lekikar Mishalosh Kikaros Lekav. So Shtei Yadot Lekikar means two part two thirds. That's what it means. The two thirds Mishalosh Kikaros right two thirds of a loaf of which there are three to a kav right. So basically. Um, there he's saying that, again, the kav is 24 beitzim. And so now he's saying that one third would be eight eggs. So the two meal Erev is going to come out to five and a third egg, uh, eggs, which is two thirds of the loaf. And so again, if a two meal Erev is five and a third eggs, right? So then it comes out that it's going to be 18. Um, that's going to be enough, right? That, that, four, that two full kavs, are going to end up 18 meals. And so that's basically what we're trying to say. That according to the measurements laid out for the two meals, right, based on the volume of a kav, according to that, those calculations in the Mishnah and Erevin, neither of those shitos, right? So again, we have four shitos in the Mishnah and Erevin. And Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Huda are just saying two meals. And Rabbi Yochanan Broca and Rabbi Shimon are saying specific amounts, and neither amount comes out to where two kavim is 14 meals. That's the issue. Because in our Mishnah, two kavim is enough for two meals a day, which is 14 meals. Well, that's neither like Rav Shimon or like Rav Yochanan ben Broca. According to Rav Yochanan ben Broca, it comes out, I think, to... And we'll see. The, the Gemara will spell it out. One of them comes out to, um, to eight, which is too little. One of them comes out to 18, which is too much. And that is the question in our Gemara. Meantime, we're just continuing over there as we did in Erevin. Just the continuation of the Mishnah within Rav Shimon is Chetzia Levaisa Menuga. As we continue to read, this is half of the loaf that we talked about in the Mishnah. Is this is not uh, relevant to our question anymore? It's just a continuation of the Mishnah, and that was, if you might recall, there is a shear of time that you get a certain amount of time uh, when you enter a house, like. Uh, Right, where if you leave within that time, you know, like the three second rule that you get when you drop a pacifier on the floor and you have like too many kids uh, before you, oh, it's a five second rule? Thanks, Andrew. And Andrew's house is five second rule, less sanitary, I didn't realize. Um, where if it's on the floor for less than five seconds, you could put it back in the kid's mouth. That is not our medical opinion, that's just a, a rule that exists. So there is a similar five second rule, so to speak. When you go into a Baisamanuga, Right, a, a contaminated uh, house afflicted with saras, be, where if you leave within before the five seconds, your clothes will not become tame. Whereas if you have, if you stay longer than that amount of time, your clothes will become tame. Very fascinating. What is the amount of time that, <coughs> excuse me, that you would have to linger in order for your clothes to become tame? The amount of time that it takes to eat half a loaf of bread. That's the story. That's where the shiurim, if you might recall, when we learned this in Erevin, we talked about whether shiurim are darbanan or shiurim are daraisa. It was a fascinating question, and we brought every shear and every uh, implication. So it was right around this sugi over here when we're talking about the shiurim. Anyway, furthermore, uh, half of a half, otherwise known as a quarter of a loaf of bread, is the measure of tummy food that would be necessary to make the body disqualified so that you can no longer eat truma. And again, a quarter, a half of a half of a half, which is an eighth of a loaf of bread, is the minimum um, required to be makabel tuma for food. So these are all basically the implications of what 
<coughs> is a shear that would involve a loaf of bread, what would involve a half a loaf of bread, namely the contamination in a bias of manuga, what would be a quarter of a loaf of bread, the eating of truma, and what would be an eighth of a loaf of bread to be makabotum ba'ochlin, all derivations of this loaf of bread. But the question is, how much is a loaf of bread? What is the shear? And there seems to be a machlokas relative to a kav, right, which would be the amount of wheat. So now, finally, the Gemara asks, Mani, whose opinion is reflected in our Mishnah? Because don't forget, our Mishnah is saying that the woman gets two kavs of wheat per week. And we would think that that should hold her for 14 meals. Well, right? if you're going with the shear of Rabbi Yochanan ben Broca, right, in Erevin, and he says that the, air, the two meals is a half a kav, so that only comes out to eight meals. And if you're going to Rabbi Shimon, who says that it's two ninths of a kav, is enough to make the two meal Erev, so multiply it out, two kavs is com- coming out to 18 meals. Okay, so whose shita would it be where two calves would equal 14 meals? That is the question. It seems like Rabbi Yochanan Broca falls short and Rabbi Shimon has too much. So the Gemara answers, oh, Rabbi Yochanan Broca. Really, it's Rabbi Yochanan Broca that we hold like in our Mishnah. Yeah, in other words, we talked about the calves of wheat. And when it comes to Erevin, it talks about loaves of bread. Well, guess what? <laughs> a baker buys the wheat, right? Then bakes the bread, and the way they make profit is they sell it to you at obviously a higher uh, evaluation than they bought the wheat for, right? They're not charging you the same amount of volume of bread and the same exact amount of money that they paid for the wheat. That would make no sense. So that was what Rufchista said. Rav is saying, yeah, if you hold like Rabbi Yochanan and Broca, and you say that it's eight meals would be the for the coven of wheat, well, the fact of the matter is that what, by the time you buy it for bread, um, it comes out to 12, because tzemeim shlish means really that you add another 50%. And so therefore, hachanami, icy tilsa alayu. Bring a third, add it to the eight meals, and you'll get... To 12, but that's the problem because we really need 14. The Gemara asks, Akati Tarte Strain Havid, it was still only at 12 meals, and she needs 14. So I asked the Gemara, Yeah, she doesn't really need 12, uh, 14 meals, two meals per right day for every seven days of the week. She only needs 12 meals because she's getting it only for the weekday meals. And by the way, Sunday is a weekday, like in Eretz Israel, right? Because it is um, not Shabbos. But on Shabbos, she, he's, she's eating with him, right? The Mishnah even said that, that she goes and she eats with him on Shabbos. Now, the truth is, the Mishnah said, Lele Shabbos. It says Friday night. So, I mean, I would have said is that, this is, that, that this is resolved now, that we hold like Rabbi Yochanan and Broca, and that really it's, you add a third, and so it really would be enough grain to make 12 meals, and therefore, that's all she needs because she needs two meals for each of the weekday and she eats with him on Shabbos. End of story. But the Gemara persists and says, that you might have said that that's true if you hold, we, right? When we said that she's Ochel Leila Shabbos, we said we're not really sure what she means. Does that mean that she literally eats the meal with him or is it uh, a euphemism for she's coming and she's sleeping with him on Friday night? Well, I would have said that she's probably doing both. 
Again, I don't know why I keep saying what I would have said. Nobody cares what I would have said. But I'm saying, like, it just seems weird to me that she would sleep over Friday night and, like, bring a sandwich uh, and not eat the meal with him. But, you know, different cultures. So be that as it may, if you're going to say that all she does is stay over the night, but she's actually still needs to eat her own meals, so then what are you going to say? How do you reconcile this 14 meals? That's number one. The oat, laser havayid. And furthermore, if what you're saying is that she eats Lele Shabbos, so then it sounds like, if you're going to get technical, that she's still going to need a 13th meal, namely the Shabbos day meal. She'll still need to eat a, her own sandwich on the Shabbos day, and therefore, how do you reconcile these uh, measurements? It says the Gemara, when he says that you should take out a, uh, an amount, it's not Shlish Lechenvani, it's half of so it's an addition, meaning you double it. That's what Tzayme Mechza means. That's their, the Gemara's language for doubling it. So Hachanami asks you, stay alive. So bring half and add it to the eight meals. In other words, you're going to end up with 16 meals. Oh, wait a minute. First of all, says the Gemara, if that's the case, Kasha Rav Chista, Rav Chista, which is it, Rav Chista? We quote Rav Chista to say that you add another 50%, and then we quote Rav Chista again to say that we double it. So which is the real Rav Chista? What is his actual shita? So the Gemara answers, Lo Kasha. That, you don't have to worry about the internal contradiction with the Chista, because Yeah, those, that variation within Rav Chista has to do with whether when the baker bought the grain, did he buy it at a place where the grain merchant gives him the wood as well or not? If it's where he gives him the wood as well, so that's like a more expensive kind of grain, because it comes like with the wood to bake the, the bread, and therefore the markup is only and uh, 50% more, whereas if he buys the grain from one of those cheap wholesale uh, Costco grain merchants where they don't even sell you the wood with it, so he's going to have to bring his own wood and therefore the markup will be double. Okay, that's basically what he's talking about. And so if Chista said these two amounts in two different contexts, so don't worry about the internal contradiction of Chista and just go with this idea that because the uh, valuation of adding 50% is not enough, go with the idea that Rav Chista just says that you double it. However, the Gemara says, Okay, so we'll go with Rav Chista says that he doubles it. But now we've got 16 meals out of these two kavin. So why does she need so much? Why are we obligating this destitute husband to give her 16 meals for a week? Who eats 16 meals a week? Says the Gemara, come on, come on, That's consistent with Rav Chita. Because he holds of not shal shudas, Arbasudas. Right? He holds a four pseudo, so that makes sense, right? Because you get uh, two meals every day and then twice on Sunday, or on, on Shabbos, as it were, right? Four on Shabbos, add it up, comes out to 16. Beautiful. And then the Gemara says, the Filotem Rabbanon, you don't have to come on to a who obligates four meals on Shabbos. Uh, are you mocking on four meals on Shabbos, Andrew? On the after Shal Shudas, you, you go in for another one? Uh, that is. Um, that would be unusual. That would be unusual to hold like Rav Chitka. That would really be full uh, by then, especially on a short Shabbos. But I feel, actually in, in uh, KBY, shout out to Shlumzi, my nephew in KBY. In KBY, the schedule is you have, um, you have davening and you finish like around 10, 10.30. And then you have the chocolate spread meal. Just bread, uh, chocolate spread and chocolate milk. That's the second suit of the day. And then you go and you have learning seder. And then you have what we would call lunch with the chunt, with the uh, chamin, with the chunt. And then you either go to a nap or you go to the base matters. And then you could have what we would say 
Shalashudas, uh, they have that as an option. So that's kind of, you do have four Shasudas and KBY. Shout out to KBY. Anyways, Afilu Tamer Rabbanan, Dal Chadal Arche So the Gemara then says, even if you don't have to come on to Rav Chitka, I don't think we've even, we've been at this since Brachos. I think this is the first time we mentioned Rav Chitka. So he's kind of like a Das Yachid. Why would we say that the whole Mishnah holds like him? That would be unusual. But let's say if you go to the general consensus of the Rabbanan, Dal Chadal Arche Ufarche. Well, Arche Ufarche is long term and short term guests, which is to say, yeah. In other words, what are you going to do, Andrew? You're, uh, at, what, what is a husband to do, I should say? He's going to give his wife just enough so that she could eat and she can never have any guests. Sorry, I, don't, I can't have any guests ever. On Shabbos, especially, she should be able to have at least one guest. And therefore, it's not unusual that he should have to give her extra meals, and that's fine. So the Gemara then says, Hashadas is lachi, I feel the tamer Shimon. Yeah, this whole time we were trying to fit everything within Rabbi Yochum and Broka and get everything exact for the, how many meals she gets. And the issue was Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon was going to come out to 18 meals. Well, if you're going to say that we're accommodating guests, so let's say that our Mishnah goes to country Rabbi Shimon. So fine, you'll give her 18 meals. She has, four, she has 14 for during the week, uh, for every day of the week. And for Shabbos, she has a few extra. She could have two guests even. Says the Gemara, Anyway, according to Rabbanan, you're going to deduct three meals from the 18 for the long-term and short-term guests, and that would be fine. And then if you want to even go according to Rabbi Chitka, that you need the four meals on Shabbos, and then deduct two meals for the long-term guests and short-term guests. And so that, says the Gemara, should also make sense. And now it's all reconciled, and our Mishnah is not going to contradict the Mishnah in Erevin that asks you to put down two meals for the Erev Tchumen and the two Kavin of wheat all match up and we're good to go. Very good. So now we're at the two dots, four lines up from the bottom of Samach uh, Dalet Bez. It's at 5.59 a.m. <coughs> in the next 25 minutes. Can we finish the paraclete? Let's see. <coughs> Rabbi Yossi said, you should give her barley. Wait a minute. Rabbi Shmuel said, <coughs> Rabbi Yossi said that only Rabbi Shmuel would, would award this barley thing and give double the amount of barley as the Mishnah outlines. So the Gemara says, what does that have to do with the fact that he lives near Edom? Only in Edom do they eat barley? Says the Gemara, Yeah, the, the barley in Edom is poor quality and therefore it would only make sense that Rabbi Shmuel would give a double amount of barley uh, because Rabbi Shmuel himself, right, geographically, he's in a place where the barley is super, super bad quality, and therefore it is double for that reason. Okay. So now two dots, two lines up from the bottom. What about the beans and the oil and the figs and the rest of the stuff in the pantry? Says the Gemara. What about wine? Don't you have to give the, the wife wine also? Maybe not. This is, seems to be our Mishnah by the omitting the wine seems to be supporting Rabbi Lazar. Dama Rabbi Lazar, as we finally arrived, Samachayim and Alf. Ain't poskin yenus leisha. We do not give wine as a stipend to the wife. Vim tomar elcha charei mehavai nosnei lachmi umei mai tsamri ufishti shamni vishikuyai. If you're going to turn around, David, and quote for me the Pasuk in Hosea that says that I'm going to go after those who I love and provide my bread, my water, my wool, linen, my oil, and my shikuyai, which sounds like shkia, sounds like drinks, mashke, I will answer you, David. It doesn't refer to mashke, 
but rather those which the woman is mishtokekes, yearns for. My new, what is a woman yearning for? In other words, the word shikuye in Hosea, you might have thought that it is part of a woman's general staple of what they have to have. And it sounds like mashke. It doesn't mean mashke. It means that which she yearns for, which is what? Tachshitin. What does the woman yearn for? Jewelry. Okay. Now, so therefore, that pasuk does not indicate that you have to bring her wine. It's not part of the, the thing that she needs. Darsh Rebihuda Ishkfar Neviria. Rebihuda from the Neviria Kfar. Amr la Ishkfar Nefor Chayel. Some said it was from a different location. Minayin Shein Poskin Yenus Leisha. How do we know that wine is not part of the woman's general staples? Shanemar Vetakam Chana Achrei Achla Bishilo Vachrei Shasa. Chana got up, right? This is after. Um, she was davening and she was with, this is in Shmuel Aleph, obviously. And she's getting up and, and she was in Shiloh and she was eating and drinking there and then she goes back. When it says that she got up after she ate and after she drank, it says, Shaso velo shasas. Look at the gender of how it says the Pasuk. It says after she ate, so like in the feminine, and after he drank. Ah, so you see, women don't drink. Wait a minute. But then, why does it say she ate and he did not eat? Meaning, if you're going to get gender specific here, so then when she says achla, it sounds like what? She ate and he did, and her husband did not eat, and then only he drank and she didn't drink? So certainly that would not make sense, because obviously her husband ate as well. So if you're going to get gender specific, so then the pasuk still is not going to make sense. So the Gemara answers, Anon midashni krabi dibur Now, the reason we said it, the reason we think that women don't drink is because it, Dafka changed the expression and the gender to teach you something. Mehdi, let's see. Big vasi. In other words, already we're talking about her, which is why we're talking about her, right? The Pasuk was talking about her in the first place. My time Ashani. Why did we change it and to say that we're talking about him when it came to drinking? In other words, all this time, who was the subject of the story? Chana. So that's why we talked about her. We talked about her not to exclude the fact that it doesn't mean that we weren't trying to say that he wasn't eating. We're just talking about Hannah. So we say she was eating. And then somehow deliberately, for whatever reason, right, we changed the subject of our story. The, the, as, as David Green, who is great at English, would say, the subject of the sentence changed in mid-sentence. That from, from her, from Hannah to her husband, that must have been for a reason. My time, Ashani, why do we change it? They this specific thing. That the men are the one that drink, and the women don't drink, and therefore you don't have to provide her with wine. However, we have a price that seems to imply that we do provide her with wine, as follows. Well, that's pretty explicit. That if she's used to drinking, you should give her. Yeah. If she's accustomed to it, that's different. Wait a minute. If she's accustomed to wine, we give her one cup. And if she's not accustomed to wine, we give her two cups. That's kind of weird. Why would we give her double the amount if she's not accustomed to it, Andrew? So the Gemara, my Kamar, what are we trying to say? Amar by Hachi Kamar. No, no. It means like this. Yeah, that's what it means. In other words, if she usually drinks two cups of wine in the presence of her husband, then we're going to give her, right, two. But when she's not in, in the presence of her husband, we're going to give her only one. And if she's not usually accustomed to drink more than one cup in front of her husband, so then we're going to give her, right, um, 
that Shalobifne Bala Ainos Nalakol Ikar, right? So in other words, again, if she usually drinks two kosos in the presence of her husband, we're only giving her one. And if she only drinks one kos in front of her husband, then Shalobifne Bala Ainos Nalakol Ikar, then when she's not with her husband, we're not going to give her one at all. So she gets one more cup when her husband's around and one less when he's not. Wait a minute. That's one resolution to the, to the contradiction of regilah versus not regilah. One possible contradiction has to do with what we give her in the presence of her husband. Another possible resolution is that we're not talking about drinking wine, but rather cooking wine. That's what Sika Gedeira means. Cooking wine is a different thing. Right, she had two sauces of wine for, right, cooking wine for the week. And, he, and she said to them, you should award this to your daughters as well. In other words, halavai, she gave him a bracha in a sense. She said, halavai, you should be able to give this kind of wine. You should all be zochet to have the parnasa, so you give wine to your daughters, et cetera, et cetera. So Tana, uh, we follow that up by saying, shomeris yabam anu amen. The story was that she said, ah, oh, you should be zochet to do this, and they didn't say amen. Why did they say amen? Because her specific circumstance was that she's Shomeris Yavam, which by definition is a tragic circumstance because it meant that her husband died without children. And therefore, they didn't say amen because they didn't want to duplicate this exact scenario. Be that as it may, Bryce taught as follows. Tana. Kois echad isha. On the topic of women drinking, Andrew, uh, do, is it good for women to drink? Well, one cup is good. Shnaim nivuhu. By two, she gets a little bit... Uh, Disgraceful, and once you get three cups, she starts really acting weird. And four cups, then she's you, you, she's all over the place already. She's going to solicit donkeys in the marketplace, as the term goes. Okay, so I'm a rabbi. All of this is if her husband's not there. We're not worried about it. I mean, her husband's there, so whatever weird behavior she's going to have, at least he's going to sort of like uh, monitor it and keep her in check. But wait a minute, Chana had her husband with her as the Pasuk says, and still the Pasuk says that she didn't drink at all. So how are you reconciling that? No. They were guests in Shiloh, right? They weren't living in Shiloh. They were there temporarily. How do we know that when you're guests, you don't do Tashma same, same, uh, right, we're talking about Elkanah and his wife, right? They went back to Ramasa, right? When they came back to Ramasa, so then that's when they were cohabiting, but in me, only once they got home, but not when they were guests. Uh, you have to look up the halacha on this, uh, be that as it may, the Abaye had a wife. And he passed away. Her name was Choma. So she went to Rava and asked for food from Abaye's, from her late husband Abaye's estate. I was confused by this. I thought that uh, Rava passed away before Abaye and then Abaye became Rosh Hashiva. Maybe it was the other way around. Anyway, here it sounds like Abaye passed away before Rava. So anyway, Pasukla, he awarded her her stipend and Pasukli Chamer. And then she said, and award me wine. So here we see a, a, a case where she wants wine awarded to her from Abayah's estate. He said, wait a minute. 
Nachmeni, Abai and Rava argued on each other all the time. They were chavrusas from childhood. And he said, I know my buddy Nachmeni. Nachmeni was called so because he, his mother died very close to childbirth. And therefore, that is a nickname for Abaye. So anyways, I know that he, Abaye never drank. So what are you talking about? If she never drank, so then you are not entitled to wine. So I'm like, Chaye Demar. He said, I could swear by your life to have he, oh, he would give me drink and goblets wine as big as this. And when she said as this, if you can paint a picture with words, she's spreading out her arms wide, saying the goblets were giant goblets he would drink down. As she was showing him the extent of how big these goblets were, a piece of her arm was exposed. Her arm became exposed. Enough on the harb of Edina, and the light fell in the Bezdin where Rava was at just the right angle and caught her, the skin of her exposed skin of her arm, and it must have been some exposed skin of arm, Andrew, because come Rava Levese, Rava went home. Now he was married. He was married to the daughter of Chista, and he went and he cohabited with his wife, with his wife, who was the daughter of Chista. So Rava's wife, the daughter of Chista, said to him, What happened in Bezdin today that you're coming home like this? Choma, Abaye's widow is what happened. Nafka Barsa. So look at this, Choma. So, so, um, so Rava's wife, she did, this is a little bit of a, um, of like a Mari Povich situation or something. She runs after her. She went after Choma, right? Because Choma was going after her man, Andrew. So she's got to protect her man. And look at this. Rava's wife goes out to find Choma. Machtala Bikulpe Deshida. She finds her, beats her with a lock of her chest. Adapkala Mikulam Chosna, chased her out of town, baby. Amrala, and she says to Choma, You already personally killed three husbands. Now you're coming to kill another. How do we know that you killed three husbands? And in a different context, there was a machlokas or a bayi held. Remember, we said, what is, uh, what identifies a black widow? Uh, one who already, uh, had a few husbands die. What establishes that, uh, chazaka? Is it two husbands dying and you can't marry the third? Or three husbands dying and you can't marry the fourth. Abai Paskins, it has to be three husbands. She had already killed two. Now she's about to kill. And then Abai died, so now three had died. And she says, you're trying to come kill another one? Meaning, not that she was going to kill Rava, but she was going to be kind of like a homewrecker. And like, you want, you know, basically she was uh, coming after her. And so the daughter of Chista, who is the wife of Rava, chases down the widow of Abaye and beats her out of town. There you go. Okay, another story. So now, the son of Rava uh, was Rav Yosef, and he, his widowed wife, and when Rav Yosef died, she came before Nehemiah, who was the son of a different Rav Yosef, and she's asking for stipend from her husband's estate. So he gave her food. So he said, yeah, where's the wine? So he gave her wine. Yeah, and he qualified. He explained, why am I giving you wine? Because, yeah, I know about the Mechoza guys. They're all big drinkers. And since Rabbi Yosef was from Mechoza, he understood that his widow was certainly going to be expecting wine. Another story. Right, uh, the son of Yosef, the son of Rebbe a different Rebbe Yosef, Yosef, came to Rebbe Yosef. So he gave her pasukla the 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 food. She asked for wine. Pasukla, he gave her wine. Then she says, "Pasukla shirai, I want a silk stipend for food." Amala shirai lama, what are you needing these silks from? Amala, 
It's because of you guys that I need the silk. In other words, she's saying, I need my Lululemons. He said, what do you need Lululemon clothing for? So she says, it's because of Andrew's in the community. <laughs> I can't walk around in, in, in regular chinos because I'll be left out of town. It's really because of you guys and your stultzy uh, requirements that I need the Lululemons and therefore I need that as a baseline of materialism, Andrew. A lines up from the bottom of So what's going on here? He's giving her a bed, a soft mat, a hard mat at the symbolic time of 613. Why does he need a soft and a hard mat? Yeah, the mission is talking about a place where the custom was that they had these ropes um, and the bed was made out of ropes, super uncomfortable, right? Super uncomfortable, causes her to age, meaning she could get old quick on such a bed, and therefore she needs a hard mat and a soft mat, otherwise known as box spring and mattress, David. In other words, the hard mat on top of the rope, soft mat on top of the hard mat, bada bing, bada boom, super comfort. And that is a minimum amount of comfort. You don't want to make her old quick with these rope beds. Tana Rabbanon. Enos and la What about linens, pillows, and mattress? So, Mishum Rabbi Nosan Amru Nosan la That was a machlokas. Does she get pillows and, and blankets or not? Hey, dummy. That's like when you go uh, to Israel, right? You're going to somebody in, in uh, Kochav Yaakov, and you, and you have to ask if, you, if you're... Tell Yaakov, by the way, Andrew. Tell your son if he's going away for Shabbos. It's, it's appropriate to ask, should we bring our own linens? It's polite. So, hey, dummy. Either urcha, my time of the Tanakama. Either lav urcha, my time of the Reminasan. So the Gemara asks, what are we talking about? If it's a place where you normally bring linens, so... Why would you say that you don't? And if it's a place where you don't normally bring linens, why would you say that you do? Right? You have to ask what's customary. So, no, that's the, the rub. The Bryce is talking about a case where the husband was custom, accustomed to sleeping on a pillow. Her, not so much. She didn't need it. Low maintenance wife. Tanakama Savar, Amalaki has Lina Shakila Lu. But the Tanakama says, in that, in that scenario, he says, when I go away, I'm going to take the pillow and the mattress with, you, with me. And when I come back, I'm going to bring them with me. So this guy, this husband, is bringing all of his linens with him when he comes to visit his wife. Yeah, but what if he comes and visits her, at which point he can no longer carry and he's not going to be able to bring his linens. So this guy is a great guy. He's not going to, he's not going to um, allow his wife to have pillows and blankets. She could sleep on the, on the mattress without it. But there are times when he comes to visit on Shabbos and it's already Shabbos and he can't bring his linens and he's going to not want to sleep without a blanket and, and, and pillow and therefore he leaves it there for when he comes over. Ah. Yeah, in other words, you could take mine and you're, what are you going to do? You're going to take mine and make me sleep on the floor? I don't think so. And therefore, that's why he gives her the linens. Beautiful. Five, uh, on the bottom of Samachayam and Aleph, Nosen Lakipa. He gives her the Shmata, the... Um, the Tichel, or the Mandy, or whatever the Shetals are called these days. And also, she gives her clothing, and shoes for everyday Vyantiv, and clothing worth 50 zos. So ask the Mar, I'm going to probably Abaya as we turn to Sanachem and Beis. Hi, Tana, Shliach, Artalai, Virami, Masanai. This is weird. She's getting a, a clothing, one set of clothing for the year, and then a set of new, clo- uh, new shoes for every Yantiv. So what are you talking about? She's going to be walking around naked with just wearing shoes? Meaning, why are we, this is another way of saying, why are we giving this exorbitant shoe allowance 
and this minimal clothing allowance. Are we going to be walking around naked just wearing shoes? It's a funny way of saying it. So Amalei, ton of makom harim kai. Yeah, we were talking about a mountainous region where the shoes wear out quick. If you have less than three pairs of shoes, you're going to be end up walking with, like, with the soles all rubbed out. And incidentally, he's telling us an additional thing, which is nice to get. If you're going to get three pairs of shoes already, let them be uh, demarcated by the three regalim in order to also be yaitse the simcha biyantiv. Okay, the three regalim aren't spaced out exactly uh, in one third every every third of the year, but be that as it may, that would be a good time to get it. Uh, and then you could just get it for Shavuos and then save it, let's say, till like the middle of summer when you switch over. Fine. What's this 50 Zuz uh, clothing allowance? Yeah, 50 common Zuz. Remember we said there's the Zuz, the, Tyre- the Tyrenian Zuz, the Tsuri, which is eight times more. So how do we know? When we say Zuz, it's like two different things. It could be one times eight. So Mimai, how do we know that this is talking about the lower evaluated Zuz? The Zuz Medina, so Midiktani, because we learned in our mission, because after all, this minimum was talking about a destitute guy. So obviously, where is he going to get a Tyrenian Zuzim? That's more than he sees in his whole life, right? In other words, when we said in the mission, we said, if a person of means, obviously, is going to have to live up to the, and, and um, keep up with his own standard of living, and that's what he provides for her. But if it's an Anish of Israel, that's what our Mishnah is talking about. The minimum stipend that she gets. Well, if you can think, Chamishim Zuz is talking about the one that's worth eight times the local Zuz, that can't be. Where is an Ani getting Chamishim Zuz? It's more money than he sees in his whole life, right? It must be that we're talking about the Zuz Medina, which is an eighth, and that is the denomination. And so 50 of those is the clothing allowance. Okay. What about the clothing in the summer? We have a mission that says like this. Remember at the very end of our mission, we says that she gets, again, plush clothing for the winter that keeps her warm. And then over the course of the year, it gets worn out. And then you have them light and breathable for the summer. And then once you've worn those out, now she gets to keep the shmatas. Uh, so... So the Brysa said, however, that she keeps, that who gets what? The husband gets the leftover food if there's anything left over in the pantry afterwards. And the Mosabalas, the Isha. And the woman gets the leftover clothing. Why is that? Mosabalas, the Isha, and Lamali. Why does she get the leftover clothing? Amar Rachava. So Rachava said, That's an interesting shot. In other words, like this. The Shematas are useful. Why are they useful? Because she gets to wear the Mimeni Dasa. Why is that useful to do? Because this way she won't be dis- uh, disgusting to her husband. Why is, in what way is it safer for me disgusting to her husband? So Rashi explains. Because again, if she wears her good clothing when she's Anita, he's not going to want her to wear those clothing when she's not Anita. Therefore, the fact that she has like sweatpants and a champion sweatshirt for when she's Imanita, then she could wear her nice clothing when she's not Imanita and thus be uh, appealing to her husband as such. Therefore, Amar Abayi, uh, so furthermore, Amar Abayi, Naktinan because of that, we say, and we establish the halacha, that the leftover worn-out clothes belong to the husband's Yorshim. Well, Hasamhu, why would it belong to the husband? Shouldn't it be belong to her? Yeah, Hasamhu, the Lotz is going to be ape. Because again, once she's alive, when she's alive, she gets to keep the leftover clothing because we want her to not be misguided Labala. But once she's dead, 
we don't care about that. And really, rightfully, those clothing belong to the husband. And therefore, once she's dead, they go to the husband's estate. Because now that she's no longer alive, we don't really care about that anymore. And therefore, she could be as disgusting as she wants. Meaning, or even if he's dead, rather. Right? If the husband's dead, we don't care how repulsive she is because she's not married. The widow. That's what it means. Okay. Noslama kesef, the silver mom. This was the allowance, the silver mob for the, for the, uh, for the uh, expense account. And then we say we she eats in him on Friday night. So this is the machlokas we mentioned before. What does eating with him mean? One said that it's actually she's eating the Friday night meal with him. Ravashi says, no, it's referring that she's going to be tashmish with him on Friday night. So that's not. Well, the language is ochelas. The word that we used was eat. So doesn't that seem to imply that what we're talking about is eating? So it makes more sense that she's eating. If in fact what it means is tashmish, so then why does the Mishnah use the word ocheles? Says the Gemara, why did we use it? We're using it as a euphemism. For the reason you thought we use it. Yeah, we're talking about Mishnah This is already a Pasuk we quote from Mishlei, where it says she eats and wipes her mouth. And it doesn't mean that she wipes her mouth. It's talking about the way of the adulterous woman. It's all a euphemism. So eating can be a euphemism for tashmish. Meisvei. So Gemara says, So what about this idea where we said in the Brisa that she eats Friday night and Shabbos day? Oh, now that we're saying Shabbos day, it sounds like uh, it must be referring to eating and not Tashmash, because who has Tashmash during the day? Says the Gemara, if you're going to say that it's eating, that's what it means when it means Shabbos day. But if you're going to say it's Tashmish, so you're going to say, what, it's Friday night and Shabbos day? Ravuna says that Tashmish only occurs at night, not during the day. That is not the practice of the Bnei Yisrael or Kedoshim. However, the Gemara reminds us that it has done only a few weeks ago that if you have the Trisim down like in Israel and it's pitch black, perhaps there is a Heter, um, you have to see the Halacha on that issue, but be that as it may, it could be Friday night and Shabbos day. Then the Mishnah said, finally, that if she was nursing, then she gets she has to work less and she gets more food. Rav Ula lectured in the house, right, the, the opening of the house of the Nasi. That was a topic that we already discussed. Is there a real obligation to support your own kids? Well, we said technically no. Avalzan katani katani, but 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 children. Maybe not, but the very young, certainly. Ad kama, until what age? Ad ben chesh, until they're six. As we said, going back again, hearkening to Erevin, until six, he can go with his mother's Erev, because after all, he's tethered to her in all matters, and therefore, you have to support her and her six-year-old, up to six-year-old child. Mimai, how do I know this? Midiktani, right? Haisa minika, Right, so our Mishnah is actually informing that Mishnah, even though the six-year-old, right, is not necessarily, um, right, so the six-year-old we learn from Erevin, but the fact that he has to support her and her kids, we learn from our Mishnah, that he gives her her more, she gets more than her, more Mazonos, uh, and even though we have to reduce her maizah dying, my time lav mishum devai lemechal behada is it not because the child has to eat with her? Vadil mishum dechali maybe because she's compromised and she's sick when she's nursing. Imkain listening my achala my my maizah Then I would have said it's because she's sick and she doesn't feel well. Why are we saying nursing? So so it must be because she is nursing. That's the reason. And the Gemara says, V'dilma ha'kam mashmalan, this tamenikas cholos ninu. Well, no, maybe the whole reason why we mentioned it 
was not that she has to support her child, but because to teach you that when a woman is nursing, she's a little weaker and needs a little bit more food. Says the Gemara, Itmar, Amar Yeshua ben Levi, Mosifan Yain, Shayan Lafalachalav. So we finish with this non sequitur Gemara, this ruling of the Amora, that we add to her a wine allowance because, after all, when she's nursing, the wine is good for the milk. Hadron Allah Afalpi and Bezrat Hashem, we will resume Wednesday. Everybody have a good Shabbos, and we will by then be in the sixth parak. Have a good Shabbos.